0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Should I Play It? Before we get started with our guest for the show, I wanted to take the opportunity to give you a little background about the podcast. For starters, my name is Corey Tomlinson. I'm the editor-in-chief and co-founder at Grimsteel Games. We're a tabletop game publishing company working on our first game, a pro wrestling board game that I'll talk about more in the future episodes of the show. Working on the game with my partners and longtime friends Mike and John, We've listened to a lot of podcasts, watched videos, and read countless articles to help guide our own game development. One thing that stood out for me doing all the research and talking to other publishers is a feeling of community in the industry. Everyone in my experience so far is very willing to offer opinions and answer questions, helping us out along the way. It's by far the least cutthroat business I've ever been involved with. That's particularly why I got inspired to start this podcast. The opportunities for game publishers to promote their games are often tied to production, how the game is developed, where it's being published, and so on. I wanted to create a show that let publishers answer the one question customers looking at a new game inevitably ask themselves, should I play this game? That's what we're here to help answer. Should I play it gives some game publishers, designers, creators the chance to share their excitement about their games and talk about what makes them unique and fun to play. I hope the show helps listeners discover new games they may have missed and contributes in some small way to our guests' success along the way. That's what this podcast is all about. That's enough of an introduction for now. Let's get started with our first episode. Hey, everybody. Joining me today on Should I Play It? is John Spike, creator of the game design and surprisingly educational game, Game GameStormers. John, how's it going today? It's going fantastic. Thanks for having me, Corey. Um, I'm excited to talk games with you. Before I get into anything, I do want to acknowledge one thing. John and and Grimsteel has, John has actually done uh, some nice consulting uh, pro bono uh, <laughs> like given us some advice at, at Grimsteel as we've developed our game. So uh, he, we've, worked with, we've worked with the same uh, graphic design firm, Owl Ghost. who I'd be remiss in not mentioning. Uh, but John is a friend of the game. Hopefully we're a friend of his game as well. And I just want to acknowledge that up front that we've actually worked together a little bit before, mostly by email. It's the first time we've actually gotten to sit down and talk together. So uh, John, just to start, can you talk about your background, yourself, and, uh, and your company. Absolutely.
1: So, uh, yeah, my name is John Spike. Uh, we were just talking, uh, you know, Corey and I were just saying we both uh, came from the origins of high school English teacher, and I did that for a few years. And then now I coordinate uh, instructional technology at a university in Wisconsin and basically help future teachers get ready to use technology in their classroom. And uh, so during my day job, I, I, you know, help kind of introduce our faculty and students to that new tech that they can use. And then I teach some courses, usually like one a semester. And one is actually kind of relevant to the board game industry. It's called video games and learning. So kind of adjacent, we talk about, you know, what we can learn from how video games teach us to, you know, work into our own teaching. And then also what games are really effective in kind of classroom settings for skill building. But then um, a few years ago, I started GameStorm EDU and it was specifically to try to create board and card games that would be really good for building skills in the classroom. And then also we we just share out how teachers and students can make their own games for for learning too. So demonstrating kind of their learning through games. So we have kind of an arm of here's just all the resources you'd need to get up and running to making games uh, and and doing it connected to what you already do in the classroom. And then we want to make games to kind of model that. So. Uh, Game Stormers was our first release earlier this year in 2023. Uh, We kind of officially had it out, kind of in people's hands, March uh, of uh, 2023. So I think that's getting us all caught up thus far in my background. Uh, And we've got a. I should. I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention we're working on our next game called Doom Scroll, which we're hoping maybe 20 end of 2024,
0: 2025. Nice. Well, we'll have to bring you back to talk about that when it's uh, when it's closer (laughs) to launch. Uh, So talking about game starters, tell us a little bit about the game itself. Like what's the uh, what's the play style? And I've I've actually looked at it. I've had it in my hand. I've seen it. It, It's a it's a gorgeously designed game, Uh, Victoria. And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about the game.
1: Yeah, uh, so Game Stormers is kind of an interesting it's kind of a mix a little bit of a party strategy game. It's it's pretty lightweight, I would say, light maybe a little medium if uh, people are first time gamers, but your goal ultimately is to create the best five card game idea so you actually in the game are, are kind of role playing as a game designer you're an up-and-comer and you're trying to impress the elder game stormer and so to do that uh you kind of acquire cards that will go into your ultimate game you'll have a storyline you'll have items which are kind of those people places and things in your game and you'll acquire some game mechanics so things maybe you could do in your game things that get in your way actions you can take to overcome those obstacles you run into. And so at the end of the fifth turn, everybody will have kind of acquired cards, played cards, um, faced off in little uh, mini games. Um, And then finally, at the end of that turn, you'll pitch your game ideas. And you can either win by being voted up the best game by your fellow game designers, or you can combo your cards and strategically play and win little mini battles to get the most points and be kind of uh, honored with kind of the the ultimate game designer. So there's a little bit of that strategic points path, and there's that kind of party win condition path too. So we kind of try to straddle two genres, and and that's something I'll probably allude to a little bit later with a, a question I know that's coming.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, it's actually, as you were saying that and explaining it, the way that you explained it sounds like a uh, without the vulgarity and without the comedy, well, I'm sure there's some comedy, but without the overt <laughs> comedy, it sounds like Cards Against Humanity with some strategy involved in it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, we we definitely. I think this game, part of it, the the play was born out of feeling sometimes limited by party games like Cards Against Humanity and apples to apples. Like, there's a little bit of, aha, I've made something clever by connecting two dots. Uh, but what we actually ask you to do in this game is kind of thread together five different unique dots that really fit in kind of game genres. So we actually tap into, and and I know you're a fellow game designer. I'm sure we've got a lot of game players. Uh, you know, listening to this podcast, uh, we try to tap into those big kind of topics. Uh, so we have civilizations-themed cards, fantasy-themed cards, high seas cards, horror cards, and then sci-fi cards. So we we tap into those five kind of multiverses uh, in those different types of cards that you can draft and use uh, to help kind of, you know, get players started. You know, they're not starting with like abstract. Things like you do in Apples to Apples or um, Cards Against Humanity, you're tapping into these exciting game topics, and we're kind of feeding you some cards that'll help you do some interesting kind of comboing and mixing and matching of these
0: worlds. So how long does that, well, okay, how many players, first of all, (laughs) that's that. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we typically do three to six players.
1: A lot of people, when we were doing our crowdfunding campaign, were saying, oh, can there be a two-player mode? And truly, you know, I could have designed a kind of a, a half-hearted one, but uh, the core of the game is really that pitch. Um, a lot of people say they actually... Are just so proud of like the fact that they made a, a coherent pitch in a game that really fit together when they didn't think it would you know that they don't even care how the kind of the point scoring and the and the judging comes out they just really are proud of what they make um, so we do require a minimum of three because you do have to have that dynamic of who is going to be voted up um, and who's going to score the most points um, and then yeah it does play up to six and uh you know you could probably you know, team up. Um, I've seen people pair up and we've seen people push the play count to 10, uh, you know, and more um, just by pairing up and having kind of a design team. So that's a, a nice little hack if you do want to play with more people because it does play nice party and there's enough, um, you know, privacy that you can, you know, not have your scoring spoiled at the end of it.
0: All right. So party uh, party gamers pay attention to this. You can play with <laughs> up to, uh, sounds like up to 12 people or more, you can have multi-person. Yeah. Um, how long does a normal game uh, take of GameStormers? Yeah, another kind of
1: interesting sell to the game, and I know I'm kind of spoiling, you know, the why why you should play the game, but another sell right. is that we actually designed a, a couple of game modes. Uh, you got to keep in mind, I, I'm an educator at heart um, and, and also a game designer. Uh, and so one reason for that is we do believe this is just a great game for family and friends on a Saturday night or a great game on a Tuesday afternoon in a classroom. But we designed the core game to be 45 to 60 minutes, depending on play count, um, to play that full game where you're drafting cards, um, where you're making decisions, where you could square off and mini, you know, kind of uh, design pitches and everything. But then we also do have what we call the Elder Game Stormer variant, and that's a party version. So getting at that kind of apples to apples, cards against humanity, you do have a judge instead of a full vote. And so the judge for the round um, gets to decide after hearing kind of the cards dealt out. You narrow down your game. You pitch that quick pitch game idea. They, have you know, decide who they thought had the best pitch. Uh, one thing I like about that is. You know, I love good playing to the judges. So if I know it's my wife, I might take a certain tact in my pitch versus if it's my brother, I might do a totally different approach. Or if it's my my nephew, you know, who's younger, um, I know what, what he likes. I'm going to try to be a little bit more funny and a little bit more out there with my, my game ideas. So you can kind of play the judges. Um, actually, one stretch goal we didn't quite make, which was probably a blessing because it kept our costs down, is I was going to have um, extra Elder Game Stormer cards where you could – the, the judge for the round could pull one and it it had a constraint for your pitch. So maybe your pitch had to have a love story in it. Maybe your pitch um, had to, you know, work in dinosaurs or whatever, you know, just there was some angle to your pitch or your your pitch had to have a surprise twist at the end. So um, it was something where the judges could choose to to pull an extra one, but you could play that without, right? You know, the judge for the round right. could announce, hey, um, uh, just an FYI, I am going to prioritize you know, pitches that catch me off guard or something. So, um, yeah, Trance. that's a another mode. And, and we, we love that mode because if we've got younger kiddos playing or you don't have enough time to play, that round could be played in 10, 15 minutes um, and easily taught. So, yeah,
0: there's more than you ever wanted to know about the, the play, the playtime. <laughs> so, OK, moving on to the biggest, the biggest question. I've got this game in my in my shopping cart. Or I'm at a store and I've got it in my hand and I've got another game in my hand. Why am I picking your game? What makes it unique? Why should I play it? Yeah, I think I, I've touched on a few different reasons, but my
1: favorite part of the game, and I think what I see when a lot of people play this game, um, is that it, it it satisfies so many hungers of so many different types of gamers. Uh, first and foremost, I think a lot of people win or lose, whether they they get kind of the game designer award, which is most victory points for assembling a game that combos well whether they get voted up for best game or not um, I see a lot of people if they if they're old enough to have a phone you know they'll whip out their phone they will actually take a picture of their game board you know you kind of got all your cards kind of splayed out on your your player notebook that kind of organizes your game and they actually are like oh I can't believe I pulled this off uh, they take a picture of it and they, they end up telling somebody about it or posting it or or what have you uh, and so there's a really good kind of conversation happening afterwards about like That was so wild, you know, in your game where you suddenly made a narwhal relevant, you know, in this game about, you know, zombies or whatever, you know, the zombie narwhal didn't see that coming. Um, So I think one thing that's unique about the game is, um, you know, a big pushback we got is like, oh, there's two winners. You can win with the vote and the thing uh, with the, you know, with the vote and the the points, you know, but we realize people after playing it realize like the winning actually doesn't matter. Like the somehow. Like turn three, you're like, I have no story. And suddenly turn five, like the light bulb hits. Um, people realize that's kind of the, the magic of the game. So I think we fit really well with those gamers who aren't competitive and just love a good story. Kind of those socializer gamers. Having said that, we've got, you've got the other gamers who are more about like the achievements. They want the, the points. They're trying to combo their cards perfectly. We feed that, um, that insatiable desire to maximize your point output. And, you know, um, whether it's a friend or whether it's a classmate, you all know you got those competitive people who are going to try to, you know, break the game to get the highest score. And then we've also got those people who do love more of a party game and they could care less about how many points are on the cards, what combos they're using with their mechanics. And they are more about this story is going to be seamless. It's going to be perfect and I'm going to make it work. Um, And then, too, we just have the people who just want to know what's around every corner. So we have a lot of cards that let you kind of cycle and search around and kind of get to know the deck. Um, and so we have a lot of players who are just like, gosh, I want to play again. Cause I want to see what else is in here that I can discover mainly because like we talked about owl ghost and Vika and her team put together gorgeous cards for us, but also yes. they're just curious. What is the whole horror genre? What does that look like? What could I have used if I didn't use this mummy? You know, what else was, was in that deck? Oh, what else did they did made the cut for sci-fi? Um, a lot of kids we find just love stuff. You know shuffling through the deck and just seeing what kind of secrets are in there too so um i talk about gamer types all the time with students and i think we really hit on those explorers those achievers those socializers and then also last but not least i should mention this is the 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 least common gamer but the we call them the killers killers, Um, and they just want to they just want to like see chaos right they want to um you know they want to be able to target people they want to you know do things they're out there just to watch the world burn and we do have modes for that we do have. Mechanics for them we have um, where you could just pull a card from the market, you know, somebody else wants to pull off a perfect combo, or one that would fit somebody else's game, you can hop into the arena and show down with somebody to assert your dominance. So we give the killers that that desire to emerge victorious and stand on the the bones of their enemies too right that we all get into i'm sure i'm kind of you know a little bit of the fun of grim steel too there i'm
0: teasing a little bit is uh vanquishing your foe in the in the arena <laughs> well it's funny actually i'll have to hook you up with our uh, my teammate john who uh just the other night decided in our our uh bi-weekly well semi biweekly weekly role-playing game to to go ahead and shoot a blow dart at the the guy that they were supposed to be parlaying with and set off a whole series of events so he's he's definitely in the killer class sometimes when it comes to uh let's Let's, let's see what I can do to the DM or let's see what I can do to this game to, to screw you over. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's
1: funny you should get a plug-in for kind of doing, you know, games with the DM. Uh, when describing uh, GameStormers, somebody else said it really well. They I described it to them. They said, oh, it's kind of like Dungeons & Dragons, but everybody's the DM. And I hmm. go, oh my gosh, I am stealing that. Um, as the creator, I didn't contextualize it that way, but really, yeah, everybody is kind of building a miniature world out of five cards. And I think... It's really, one of the goals I had for the game is it's really intimidating to start a game idea to just Mm. from nothing have something. And so the game is really an exercise in what we call creative constraint. It's really hard to go from blank document on a computer um, into a a written piece. It's really hard to go from blank slide deck or blank game board as I'm sure you can relate into Mm -hmm. playable prototype. But what if we give you some feeder ideas? What if you find some on your cards that kind of get you into, okay, I could start comboing these together to create a world um, and good DMs start with some inspiration, you know, when they're designing their dungeons and their experiences. So we wanted to tap into that too uh, for game stormers. So yeah, I, I appreciate you mentioning your, <laughs> your, 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 your biweekly game. It, it reminded me of, uh, of
0: somebody describing my game much better than I ever have. Nice. All right. So let's say now, okay, I made the choice. Where, where can I find game stormers? How can I buy it? Yeah, yeah,
1: it's it's right now primarily uh, on our website, GameStormEDU.com. So you can go to GameStormEDU.com. We've got a shop, you can go to the GameStormers page and learn more about it, watch kind of an overview kind of primer video for it, check out kind of you know how to play and everything uh and then yeah pull it right from our website we're also gonna push some copies to amazon uh and and also go that route too pretty quick we wanted to make it on amazon but uh also as i'm sure you can relate Corey, if you've looked into that avenue amazon takes a bite uh and so you gotta really make sure that's gonna be worth your while and that your copies are gonna go as quickly as you you hope because if they sit there then amazon keeps taking bites uh Uh, They don't like things sitting in their warehouse, if you can believe it. You know, they're not big on that.
0: (laughs) No, and and despite having seen some of their warehouses locally, yeah, there is still finite space and they they sell a lot (laughs) of stuff. So, John, thank you so much. And and for anybody who's listening, if you you didn't catch that, uh, we'll toss all of the links for GameStormers into the the show notes in the show description on our website, uh, on our socials as well. John, this is awesome. I really appreciate First of all, I appreciate all the help that you've given us, uh, being so responsive. You didn't have to do that. You've made a beautiful game. So we want to make, basically make sure that you know that and, and thank you for being one of our first guests on this podcast. And hopefully it's something that we do for a long time and hopefully we have you back on with your future endeavors too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been
1: my pleasure and I'm, I'm, Beyond excited for Grimsteel, um, I, I I don't know if I'll be first backer, but I'll try to be one of the first backers. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the I think the best thing that, that you can do in this industry is is tell your story. So I it's an honor to be able to tell my story and then hear about your story uh, via this podcast. So yeah, I'm looking forward to episode one and then episode 1000 too so
0: great well everybody that's john spike game stormers check it out and i know that we'll we've already played and we'll be continuing to play it uh, on our on our weekly game night so with that i will uh, sign off thank you all for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode take care